What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad Podcast. I am Chad, and this week we are joined by a band out of Chicago called Detour North. Detour North is a four-piece pop-punk band based out of Chicago, Illinois, and these guys are super cool. They recently released a brand new album, and it's super awesome. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out, come back and listen to the podcast, hear a little bit about their story, a little bit about their journey to this point, and you're going to enjoy it. And before we jump into the podcast, I just want to remind you to check out social media, check out the band's social media, Detour North Band, as well as check out the podcast, social media, drop some comments, some likes, some follows, let me know what you think, tell me what you you want to see improved, what you like, tell me some bands that you want to hear, I would love to, to find some new bands to reach out to, and anyway, without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Welcome, first off, to the uh, to the Beyond Rad podcast, guys. I um, I just barely found out about your music because uh, Emmanuel, you reached out to me and and you were just like, "Hey, man, check out our music." I was like, "All right, sounds good." Yeah. So, <laughs> so you just barely you just barely released your EP. Um, by the time this goes live, live it'll be two weeks ago. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so tell us a little bit about the band as just kind of an introduction for everyone listening. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we're a band called detour North. We're, we're based out of Chicago. We're actually, we're from Northwest Indiana. Um, but like everything we do is in Chicago. We live like 10, 20 minutes away. Um, but yeah, we we're we're called detour North. We've been around for a couple of years. We've been around, we've been together since like 2012, but like officially we've been active for the past like three years. It's been an ongoing project. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's typically Um, how it is. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is our second, third record. Yeah, technically, technically, technically it's our third record. We kind of consider our first record to be like a, a glorified demo tape at this point. But, okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah, this one, this is, this is one, uh, it's history. It's poetry has been a, has been a pretty long process, but we're, we're just glad to finally have it out. Yeah, it's cool, man. So, um, so you've been actively, when you say like actively pursuing, does that mean like for the last three years, you guys have actually been like f- full gung ho or is it just like, um, before that you were just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're a band, but never really did anything. Is that what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like before, before three years ago, we, I mean, we had a completely different lineup and oh, okay. we, we were also like in high school. Oh, okay. Um, there you go. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like anything. We were serious about it. Yeah. I mean, we were serious about it, but it wasn't anything. We didn't have, it was just a different, we, yeah. A different stage in life is basically. Yeah. Okay. So okay. when we out our record child for a wasted youth is kind of when like, we actually, like we would see, oh, we actually have. A following like people come out to our shows and stuff and that's when we kind of like took it a lot more seriously and and really put more of our time into it that's awesome that's super cool so um so based out of out of chicago um how long um i mean how how long have you guys been like performing have you been performing for the last three years as well then yeah pretty much i okay. mean we've been pretty pretty active uh as, as as far as shows go since since the last record came out yeah that's rad so tell me a little bit about um its history its poetry obviously um this is your newest newest um 
is it an EP? Is it an album? Seven songs. So I, I don't know. I never yes. know if it's an album, an EP. Either way. There's an album. Yeah. Spotify yeah. calls it an album. Okay, cool. So uh, tell me about, go. tell me about the album a little bit. I honestly, something that I think would be really cool is, is just like kind of like a, um, a brief overview of, of kind of the process you guys followed and kind of like the, the, the mindset behind the album. Yeah. Uh, Shit, how much how much time we get? <laughs> uh, we we I mean we've got as much time as you want to dedicate, honestly. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's been dude, it's been a long process because um, basically when we when we put out Poster Child, um, I wasn't really officially in the band. No, until, Kim, yeah, I officially became part of the band the day we had a show at a local skate shop, and before then I was kind of just filling in. We had I had just met these guys. And I was filling in and they're like, well, do you want to play our EP release show? We have this record and our other guitarist is out of the picture. So I was like, yeah, why not? (laughs) I learned all the songs by ear and then we played the release show. And at the release show, Emmanuel was like, yeah, we'd like to introduce you to our new member. And I was like, stoked. (laughs) That's so cool, man. Yeah. So I think the main the main difference between this record and the last one is that like literally Kem is on this record that he actually contributed to it because when, when we recorded poster child, it was just me, Danny and Anthony as kind of a three piece. Um, when we recorded that one. So this one's got a whole, a whole nother, um, like it's, it's got more input cause it's got a whole nother person that was involved. Yeah, for sure. Definitely different. Um, yeah. I mean, that adds a lot of dynamic, um, elements oh, yeah. to, Absolutely. to an album, especially with, uh, adding different, um, stylistic additions and things like that. So that's cool. Yeah, especially him being, you know, the lead guitarist that there's a, there's a whole nother layer of of like guitar lines that are now in this on this record that we never would have had before that. It's just uh, a lot of people have been like, yeah, man, Kem's Kem's leads on this. are like they sound so, so jazzy or so bluesy. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. That's yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Like everyone kind of contributes. So uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So that, that was cool. Another thing was that, you know, it's, it's been three years since uh, poster child for wasted youth came out. Um, we didn't really intend for it to be that long, but when, when we were kind of going through the writing process, it was, it was almost like we, we wrote a lot of songs that ended up getting scrapped because they, we just felt like they didn't really make the cut and they weren't, they weren't good enough. They didn't, you know, they, they weren't a good representation of, of where we wanted to go and, and they weren't anything, they weren't any, any more interesting than anything yeah. we had already been. I feel like that's um, pretty common for a lot of bands is, is write a lot, record a lot, cut a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, there were, there were songs that ended up getting half baked that we just were like, yeah, we don't even want to, that one's not even worth continuing. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think like we kind of just needed those three years to just like live and grow and have new experiences. And, and I think from that time that we took was why we were able to, to write these new songs. And, and like, I wish it wouldn't have taken three years cause it's just such a long time. Yeah. But like, I, I think it needed it. Like it, it, it was yeah ultimately worth it. Cause especially cause like we, like, yeah, when I joined, we played shows together, but you know, these past three years, like going on like weekend runs and just like becoming best friends with these guys and just kind of learning different things, like what they like, what they don't like has really helped because before, like at the beginning of the writing process, I really wasn't, I had a whole catalog of things that I just wasn't showing them. Cause I'm like, I don't know if these guys are going to be like, you know, this kid's whack. We got to get them out of the band. <laughs> so but once like I started sharing some of my stuff and they got really stoked on it, then it just became the process became a lot 
quicker because yeah, like there is more hands in in the pot rather than couple yeah. people making decisions. Like that's the, the song Autumn Bloom, uh, I think track four, uh, was one of the songs that Kem had like for years. Well, I don't know how long you had it, a couple yeah. months. No, for years. For I years, yeah, it. I guess, that he that he didn't show us. And one day he was just playing it in Danny's basement. And I think Anthony was just like, yo, what the hell are you playing? <laughs> what is that? And then, we, and then we just wrote a whole song around it. And it's one of the more, it's the most different song on the record too. It sounds yeah. nothing like the other songs, which yeah. is just that's cool. That's that's really cool. I see. I love that kind of stuff because, like, it's it's always interesting because, um, you know, some bands one person writes all the music. Some bands it's a very collaborative thing, and some bands it's like like I write one song, you write one song, he writes one song, and so it's kind of cool yeah. to see how you guys kind of put that together, especially where, um, Cam, you were saying, you know, you didn't know if you quite fit in yet because obviously the that's another interesting dynamic within a band is, is, you know, the, the relationship amongst, you know, that cohesive unit of the band. Cause it's like a family. And so, um, you know, trying to make sure you fit in before you start showing, showing them what you've got. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like fun to see. If you don't show your skeleton. Until you're- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to open that closet until, until you know for a fact that they can handle the skeletons in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so tell me a little bit about like the, the overall kind of like, um, feeling or, or, I mean, I guess the feeling is kind of all up to interpretation, but like the overall, um, motivation behind the album for you guys, I I don't know if motivation is the right word, but kind of like what you guys were, were trying to get out of it. Yeah. Um, so one of the main things was just maturity. Um, you know, this was a record where, you know, all of us, when we started writing it all, you know, 21, 22. So we were out of like the whole writing, playing songs, like in high school, like that was in the past. So we wanted to mature. That was probably one of the biggest uh, things I think we can all agree on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I look back on, on our, as, as much as I love that record, and I, I still think it's great. It It's definitely immature. Like it's definitely like, yeah, this sounds like some high school kids wrote it. And it's like, it's, it's, it's great. And it's okay. Cause we wrote it in high yeah, school. I mean, it's okay because we literally were in high school when we yeah. wrote it, but yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I wanted to, at least me personally, I, I wanted to, to be able to explore more mature themes, more, um, just, I think, I think I wanted to explore topics that were relatable for, I, I think this is this time in our lives being, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23 is really it's like a weird turning point. That's yeah, a transition point. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, you're, you're either in college or you're graduating college or you didn't go to college. And either way, it's almost like a, you're not quite an adult yet, but you're also definitely not a kid anymore. And it's like yeah. a weird transitional period where you don't like the, the future is never more uncertain than I think at this point in time right now. Yeah. And, just and that's really- what- dynamics too is very yeah. different because you have yeah. people that are like you know you're friends with or you date people that are like you know they're not mature they handle things like high school and yeah i mean that's that's always good song material and it's like <laughs> at, at this point in time it's like some people because it's such a transitional period in life some people mature quicker than others you know you've got people who are 22 who still kind of feel like they're 18 and then you've got people who are 18 who feel like they're 25 and it's just such a weird period in life for everybody and that's kind of what we wanted to explore and and try to write songs that 
you know, people at this stage can can listen to you and just be like, holy, shit, that's me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool, because it really is like it is very, um, very different of a time. Like, I honestly, I got married really young in terms of like the societal norm. And so I was married at 22. And so it's like it's my parents were. (laughs) (laughs) See, but I mean, back back when your parents got married, that was normal, right? Like, um, but like for me, I found a girl I fell in love with. her. It's like, all right, we're getting married. We are still in college and stuff. And so like you're right, like for me at 22 years old, looking back, if I were to try and like quantify the difference between 22 and and 18, it's like a world of difference. And even without having been married, anyone who hasn't been married at that age, it's still a very, a very different time. It's that transition into like, oh crap, I I'm supposed to be moving forward, supposed to be getting a career, supposed to be kind of like establishing my future. Right. Quote unquote. (laughs) Weird. Cause it's like, you know, 18 to 22, it's what, three years, that doesn't sound like a long time at all, but it's like one of the most important three years ever. Cause yeah. you go from, you go from like having everything provided for you to within three years, it's like, all right, well now you got to figure it out. Yep. <laughs> it goes from like high school where you fit in or you don't fit in to now where it's like, am I going to be successful or am I going to be a failure? Which is a lot more scary. Way you more come scary. to realize. Like you stop See, caring about what everybody else thinks and start caring a lot more about whether or not you're going to make anything of yourself. See, yeah, I think that's awesome, honestly, because like really the there's there's so much in terms of perspective at that point too, right? It's like at 22, you could fail like for the next 10 years and still become a millionaire, right? Like you could, so like, so there's something cool about that transition stage too, is like right now, especially with what you guys are doing, making music and, and, and pursuing your passion and pursuing your dreams. It's like, it's pretty awesome. Like you guys have got talent, you've got cool music. It's fun to listen to. And now it gives you an opportunity to pursue it to its fullest. And so I think that's really cool. And especially where you just barely released some new music. Um, it looks like you guys have some, some pretty cool shows, uh, coming up and especially like in October being able to play with, uh, in her own words like that, those are like starting to starting to get like a little bit of traction and you still have so much time ahead. So I think that's super rad, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely exciting and it's scary too. But it's like, yeah, the the it's it's a uh, it's a nice it's a it's a comfortable little spot where it's it's scary. But yeah, it's like we we feel like this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. yeah. One other thing like that was like a huge like inspiration motivation to like the record is well, Emmanuel finally read that high school book, Catcher <laughs> in the Rye. Yeah. He finally read that and was like, dude, this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like we read that in high school and it's like, oh, we can kind of relate because the kid's like in college or whatever and he leaves it. Or I think he actually was in high school. He was in time. like a prep school or something. Yeah, whatever. it felt, it felt <laughs> like college. It's been a yeah. while since I read it. But yeah, he like drops out, doesn't tell his parents, goes through this like life journey. Has an then, existential crisis. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much kind of... Buys a prostitute just to talk to her because he's lonely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of funny, you know, seeing, seeing the difference in life. And so, I mean, like... So when you guys were like trying to to put this this thought, this kind of mentality into words, um, how did you guys kind of decide to to pull your creative juices together to write it? How did how did that kind of come together? Well, really, once we got like bare bones structures of the songs, we kind of directed a manual because he writes like pretty much majority of all the lyrics. Um, we were just like, yo, for this song, 
we want you to kind of write about this. And he'd be like, ooh, all right, I'll try. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then he'd come back with just some awesome lyrics that really like, yeah, I've, like it's history, it's poetry, the title track pretty much, I mean, sums up. That's like the thesis of the record. Yeah. It's if, if you want to know what the record's about, like that song, that's why it's the title track. That song will tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, so I wrote, I wrote the lyrics for the record. I've, I've, I've just always been really good with words so that it, the responsibility kind of fell to me. But um, it was, yeah, it was one of those things where when we started to sit down and write the music for it, we all knew what we wanted to do. We all knew the, the, the topic that we, direction we wanted to take it. And it was like, okay, once we had the feel for the song and we knew we wanted to use that song, it was like everybody would kind of just be like, okay, this is what we think this song would be about. Or this is what this song feels like it could explore, what it could talk about. And then I would take that and and just listen to whatever we had demoed and just try to write for that. Um, and it just, yeah, it was a, the, that process worked out well because it, it gave me a good framework to work within. Like I knew what everybody wanted to do with it and I was able to to take it in that direction. That's and cool. Musically, just like we try to take like inspiration from different genres and try to fit it into the mold of like pop punk alternative, try to like fit it in. So like autumn bloom, that's pretty folky. Yeah. And then a lot of my leads are very blues based and just like taking that, like bringing like our own. Yeah. And I, I, um, I've been telling everybody that I listened to way more rap than anything when I was writing lyrics. Um, because I want, I wanted to be able to kind of play words and, and explore topics yeah. in a more complex way. And that's, I think rappers have a lot of room and, and opportunity to do that. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So we drew from a lot of different influences when we were, when we were writing it. I think that's important. Honestly, I think, um, I mean, as a, as a listener of music, it's, it's, you know, it's common and, and quite honestly, it's completely okay to just kind of be caught up in a single genre or a single scene or whatever it is. Um, but as a creator, as someone who is going to, to kind of carry the torch of the music, I think it's very important to, to not seclude yourself to a single, like pigeonhole yourself into a single idea. Right. And I yeah. think that's cool. I think it's fantastic that especially where, I think that's why bands are are so good at at being able to uh, to write together because typically you're gonna have four different people with four different musical interests come together to create something where they all have kind of that overlap, right? Like I don't yeah. know if, I don't know if you've ever seen like those little like the circles with um you know the different the different topics and then all in the center, they overlap on one thing, right? But everything else is different. I think that's, I think that's really cool, especially when musicians can, can make that come together that way. So I think that's cool what you guys have done. Cause it, it really does show that it's not, it's not just trying to rehash what's been done before, which is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's, that was the goal was, you know, it was nice that all four of us have very different influences and different interests because when we met up, it wasn't, you know, oh, I want to be a punk band or I want to be a metal band or I want to be an indie band or whatever. It was like, these are our different influences. How do we like stitch them all together and make something that works and kind of feeds into all of those things, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So really kind of just jumping way back, like inception period of this whole thing. <laughs> um, how did you guys like, first off, like, were you guys all just friends in high school and you decided, Hey, we're going to, I guess, aside from chem, I mean, maybe you were friends, but 
you weren't part of the band yet, but um, were you all friends and you just decided, hey, man, I like this music. You like this music. Let's make music. Or was it kind of like um, seeing each other like perform shows? How did you guys come together as a band? So Danny's the most qualified to answer this question. So I'll let him do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in, man, we're going back probably. I've known Danny since I was in like yeah, second grade. I've known Emmanuel and Anthony who is not here right now. I've known them since like probably preschool. Pretty much. Yeah. If we're going like way back. But, um, as far as like being in a band, probably started around, I'd say like fourth or fifth grade. Um, the old guitar player, my good friend, Adam, uh, him and I, really kind of like started doing this in like fourth or fifth grade. Uh, it was around summertime then. And, um, we basically, he played guitar and I played drums and we just jammed stuff out. And we had a friend, uh, her name is Kirsten. She was a part of that too. And it was just us three. And we just like jammed stuff out all through like summer. And then like around sixth grade, that's kind of like when I wanted to get like really serious with it. So we just kept doing the thing. And then we brought along another friend of ours and then, uh, fast forward a little bit from there, Anthony, the bass player, um, he came along and it became this thing where we were all just kind of like bringing friends in and out to this project. And we would just like play, write music, play covers and just like have fun with it. Um, and then probably close to the end of like middle school is where like the detour North, like ball started to, you know, get rolling. Yeah. From then it was just me um, Emmanuel, Anthony, and then Adam, previous uh, lead guitar player, and then we did that, you know, all through high school. That's when did we. Sh- that's when we put out the glorified demo tape. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Okay. Year. <laughs> and, um, just did that. Played shows in like Chicagoland area, and I mean, had a lot of fun with it. And then, you know, once we graduated, that's kind of when things really started to get serious. Yeah, that's more why people I- were coming to us as opposed from you know of us coming to them. So it was like whoa, like people really dig what we're doing. And that's why I feel like it wasn't until really three years ago that we, we kind of feel like we were where that's where we really got established because our, our previous guitar player left the band and, you know, we had recorded, um, poster child for wasted youth as a three piece, um, while we were, you know, looking for somebody to replace, um, him on guitar. Yeah. And this is the funny story that Ken was talking about. Um, I was away in college. I I had gone to, to Rochester, um, New York for college. Oh, awesome. yeah. Well, I went for two years and then I hated it and I transferred back. And <laughs> that's, that's what July is about. Um, and, but during those two years, we had, we had, we had finished recording poster child. We were about to put it out. And, um, <laughs> we, the, so the guys call me and they're like, Hey, we met this kid, Kem, and, uh, we think he'd be perfect. We wanted to play lead guitar. Um, and, and we, 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 met up with them, we jammed and, it, and it's great. Sounds awesome. We wanted to join the band. And I was like, Hey, can I at least meet this kid first? Cause I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And then, um, I, so we had a show lined up with this band, uh, driver friendly. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they, we had gotten an opportunity to be on a show with them and I had to fly home for the show. Yeah. And my only opportunity to fly home was the day of the show. Oh, good. (laughs) Home, And we didn't have an opportunity to practice. I flew home and I went to the venue and I met Kem for the first time at the venue. And it was like, we just introduced ourselves to each other and we're like, Hey, now we have to play a show. Um, (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. Like I, that, I don't know of anybody else who's ever met a friend that way (laughs) where we just had to go and perform like within 10 minutes of meeting each other. 
Um, That's high pressure right there. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll tell you what, though, ever since then, like absolute best friends, like there's there's no better way to meet somebody. There you go. Put them right in the fire, right? Like (laughs) that's fantastic. That's cool. I mean, it's it's kind of funny that um, I, I think it's awesome that you guys really started so young and just realized, you know what? this is what I want. And I'm going to, I'm going to take out every, every chance I can to make it happen. And, um, so, I mean, when you, when you finally got, you know, three years in the making, you finally get into the studio to do it's history, it's poetry. You guys have your lineup. Things are starting to kind of come together. Um, how did you guys decide like where you would go for the studio? Who'd you have produce it? I mean, how'd you guys go about that process? We started off, um, when we did this like whole recording thing, we started off with um, finding this guy, uh, Roy Robley, who is uh, our current producer right now. And he just did the last record. And, um, and the- before he's actually last produced everything before. we've done. Yeah. Like we, we met him when we did the first demo oh, Okay, uh, and he's done everything. We've worked with him ever since. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, we've known him now for probably, what would you say? Six, seven years. Six or seven years. Yeah. Yeah. um, He was in a, in a, in a local band at the time that we had, we just happened to see perform one time. And, and we like, it was one of those things where I saw a band perform around here and I was like, Hey, that's cool that they're in a band. And that's kind of something I'm interested in and want to do. Yeah. So we talked to their drummer and, uh, it just happened to be Roy. And then he hit us up later and he was like, Hey, I'm getting into, to recording bands. Would you guys be interested in recording with me? And we were like, yeah, sure. So we met up with him and he recorded us out of his house and he's like, got, he's got great gear. He's super talented and everything he does sounds super crisp. So, um, yeah, we haven't haven't looked back since. So does, has, how did he like, I'm I'm just curious because something I've found a lot, especially, I mean, where you guys are talking, you've known him for six years, you've had him producing. There's, there's obviously a reason. Um, and so how did, how did he contribute to the newest album that you guys released? Honestly, for me, I think we've, because we've known him so long and if this is like the third time we've gone to record with him and work on a new project, we've just built such like a close, more of a friendship with him than like a work relationship. So we were can, really comfortable with that. Yeah. Super yeah. comfortable. I can trust him just as a friend. Like I can absolutely trust his opinion. I value, you know, his input. So we go in and if we, if we come in with something that he thinks is garbage, he'll just straight up tell us it's garbage. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Where I feel like, you know, some producers is, you know, if they're getting paid, they don't care. Um, yeah. Not everybody, of course. Not but, all, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. But you know, if, I mean, they have, they have every right and every opportunity to do that. But Roy, I mean, just as a friend would, if he had input, we'd take that to heart. And, um, you know, his, his, his opinions, his, his suggestions of, you know, there were times where we were, we were kind of on the fence about what, what direction we wanted to take a certain song, or we were arguing over it, over, over certain parts of how should this part go? How should we approach it? Mm -hmm. And Roy would be able to chime in and say, you know what, this is, this is how I would do it. Or this is what I think would be best for you guys. And, um, he just has a really good sense of melody, a good, yeah, he's just good at really good at what he does. So. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's opinion, that's something like, that I've I've learned is that a lot of producers, they they aren't they aren't obviously there to write the songs or to kind of come up with the melodies or things like that. But they're there to to kind of be the butter on the toast. Right. It's like yeah. they aren't they aren't the foundation, but they bring in a lot of important um little 
little things to kind of with the transitions from song to song or um, maybe transitions into this, whatever it is. Um, they bring a lot of a lot of really small things that make a big difference. Right. And oh, so yeah, no. I think that's I think that's really cool that you guys have found like someone who's really good and also someone who um, which I think is cool, too. I, I always love kind of sticking close close to the to the vest is like someone local who's also a local musician. I think that's always cool to uh, to have those local scenes grow and and expand and start to get reach outside of that just small community. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my, my favorite thing too, is we've worked with him so long now and so much that sometimes he knows us so well. Sometimes I feel like he already knows what we want out of a song before we even have to tell him. So it's just, it's such an easy process now because he knows exactly what we like and what we want to go for. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And, and I think, I think the cool thing is like, even though he knows exactly what you want, he's also not going to, uh, to hold back and, and not, give you oh, the criticisms no. that are necessary to make yeah, it better. I can't tell you how many times that I was either, you know, I was in there recording vocals and if, whether it was a lyric or a, or a certain vocal melody or whatever, where he would just straight up tell me to change it because it was bad. And, <laughs> he was probably right. Like I, I, I couldn't be happier with the changes we made. So that's awesome. That's super cool. So, I mean, I getting to the, the, uh, I was just thinking, you know, you said you listen to a lot of hip hop music and, um, and Cam, you said that you got a lot of like the blues roots and a lot of the, um, kind of like the, the classic blues and jazz roots there. Um, what kind of bands or musicians motivated or inspired you guys to, to get to like, to create music, to create music or this record? Um, music in general, like as a band, like when you guys are like starting up maybe three years ago, you're like, all right, we're taking this seriously. What bands were the ones that kind of like said, made you think I want to, I want to produce music. I want to make music for, yeah, for like my full-time gig. Well, for me, I would say to play music, I got inspired a lot by like pop punk bands. Cause I would go to the shows and I'd see them on stage and I would see the crowd and it was just awesome. Yeah, like, I want to do this, you know? And then once I like got a guitar and stuff, I started looking more towards like, you know, difficult kind of interesting guitar. Cause I'm like, yeah, pop punk is cool, but you know, it's kind of some of the earlier stuff's easier to play. Like I want to take it a little further. So that's when I really got into like, you know, like the red hot chili peppers and like Eric Clapton, John Mayer, yeah. SRV, you know, like those kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of branching out from your, your typical sound to find the the people who've got like, the the chops right yeah exactly so that's like kind of where as a guitarist i would say my like as a guitarist my influence comes from you know more of the blues area but as as like a performer and as you know just trying to write music kind of comes more from like the pop punk alternative area awesome yeah for uh for me i would say the i mean the band that made me want to make music was fallout boy when i was growing up um Cause I was always really into like heavy, like not like super heavy metal, but I was in, I was into like heavier music, hardcore, new metal, whatever. Um, but when I heard fallout boy, it was cool. Cause they were like, they were poppy and accessible, but also like kind of, they had like, they were kind of edgy too. Yeah. Um, and had that you could tell they had like a heavier influence. So that was like an interesting crossroads for me. And that's what got me interested in, in like that genre. Um, and that was the band where I was like, yo, I want to, I want to be able to make music like that. Something that's aggressive, but yeah. you know, you can sing along to it. Um, and then from there I discovered bands like, you know, um, I, I love what taking back Sunday does 
because they're kind of within that like alternative uh, kind of, you know, especially their early stuff, you could say it was punk or pop punk, but they're very progressive with it. Oh yeah, for sure. Very interesting, very interesting bass lines, very just instrumentation and how they approach it. Um, yeah, I think from what other bands do, I think taking back Sunday falls into um, more of an alternative. Oh yeah. Slash very so. like, cause like, I, I it's funny because in my mind I think you know pop punk bands Taking Back Sunday comes into my mind every time but then I right. think about like I think about it more and it's like that's not fair it's not fair to put them in pop punk right. but it, I mean exactly. pop punk is fantastic um, it's my favorite genre of all but it's it's still like Taking Back Sunday is it's just like the Wonder Years bands like that where you can't you can't really they're not a single genre is I guess the best right. way to put it. They're not really one genre like Blink-182, always one genre, always pop yeah. punk. That's Except that's who Blink-182 is. Like they're self-titled maybe. Yeah. Or yeah, that one's yeah. A, that one's my favorite album, but you're right. Like it's a little yeah. bit different, but it's still definitely pop punk, you know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> Just like and, I mean, uh, My Chemical Romance would fit into that too where it's like they're they're considered pop punk even though they their music was so far different than the regular yeah. genre of pop punk. Thank so you. We were talking about this the other day where it's like, how is it even fair? It, it, it's such pop punk is such an umbrella term. Like, how is it even fair to say that like the story so far and my chemical romance for this genre? You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. they're so far removed from each other. The one that blows my mind is that the killers always get dragged yeah. into pop punk. And if you get rid of Mr. Brightside what? and listen to the rest of Hot Fuss, I don't get that. Yeah, anymore. that's a, I've yeah. never heard that one. Yeah, I no. definitely wouldn't put them in pop punk. I like <laughs> the Killers. I think oh, Brandon, I mean, oh, Brandon yeah. Flowers is amazing, but he's definitely not pop punk. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like, and then as far as like lyrically for me, um, you mentioned the Wonder Years. I, I think um, Soupy was like, an, he's an incredible writer. And that's, oh, that's yeah. what drew me to them was, I felt more like he was like a poet or like a like Yeah, a he's very poetic, than, very poetic for sure. Yeah. And, and what I liked was that it didn't feel like song lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you listen to like top 40 hits and stuff, it's very like they're song lyrics and like they're yeah. good, whatever they're fun. But when I listened to like the Wonder Years and, and I tried to find bands like that, like the Wonder Years early fallout boy was like that a lot too. Yep. Where it was, you know, um, just more, more dynamic in the way that they would approach topics, the way that they would talk about things, the words they use. Yep. Uh, and that was really interesting to me. So like lyrically the wonder years really inspired me um fallout boy really inspired me and then i'm also really into like um childish gambino j cole kendrick lamar um you know rappers like that where where lyricism is really heavy for them yeah for that, sure that really spoke to me a lot too and and so those were those are my lyrical aside from the music that's awesome what yeah about you, danny me yeah um Going back, probably like Blink One Eighty Two was definitely like a top like band where I I watched and like listened to their stuff and I was like, yeah, I definitely like want to be in a band because of them. Yeah, but, I think uh, you I know, think Blink One Eighty Two is one of those bands where if you're in a pop punk band, you come you kind of almost like by default have to have right. been inspired by Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, it's like that. I think for just like everybody that like talks about them, they're just like, yeah, like Blink One Eighty Two, like definitely help kick off this career or whatever. You yep, know? exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then over the years, I mean, I've gotten into like all kinds of genres, like, you know, you get into hip hop and, uh, that became a really big influence on like my playing. And I don't know, it just kind of like snowballs effect, you know, like with everything that you yeah. listen to and shows on the music you make. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's why I, why I was curious about what your inspirations were and stuff, because I mean, I, 
for me, I love to like listen through and like I'm I'm always kind of like drawing the the comparisons, not yeah. because not because I think any band is trying to knock off any other band, but right. because I like to hear the similarities and I also like to hear the differences and I like to hear um, potentially, hey, that sound kind of I think came from here and that one, you know, and yeah. it's hard for me, too, because I don't listen to a whole lot of like classic rock. But I think a lot of classic rock really, really, really shaped punk rock and pop punk big time. And so so for me, like all the comparisons I can draw are just from like pop punk and alternative to pop punk. And so like and so that's why I find it interesting. And when you when you brought up Taking Back Sunday, I I honestly thought to myself of the new um, the new. uh, Oh, my gosh. Um, I've got the little card right here. Trophy eyes. I don't know why I forgot the band name for a second. Um, but their, their new album, um, that dropped, um, at the, on the same day as same day as your guys's or no, um, a week after your guys's a week after your guys's album dropped. Um, but trophy eyes, their new album, like they're one of those bands once again, that fits into a multiple genres because they've got like kind of a 30 seconds to Mars sound plus a taking back Sunday sound. And then really randomly they have like the sound of the cure in there too. And so I just think it's cool to hear like potentially how those inspirations motivate a band and stuff. So that's that's, that's the other thing I forgot to mention that when it comes to this record specifically, we were all really inspired by like older, like eighties era stuff too. Like the cure, the Smiths, um, tears for fears. I know me personally, Rick Springfield. Um, yeah, I, I kind of started getting into that kind of era of, of rock and pop. Um, and I think that that definitely showed up on this record and it didn't on the old ones, because at least I personally wasn't listening to that stuff back then. So that's kind of, that's something interesting as well. Yeah. And so um, just kind of like t- pulling from that, why do you think that you were pulling from that era? Just curious. Oh, uh, man, I think for me, at least I, you know, I love I love punk. I love pop punk and, and not to like disparage any, any of the acts that are out now. Cause they're great. But I think just as a genre, I got just a little like exhausted with it. Um, and just wanted to, you know, just wanted to experiment with something new and just be like, Hey, you know, how can I continue my, um, my c- contribution to this, to this scene or to this genre Yeah, and be able to bring in something different. And, and I think it was more, I, I was kind of motivated in a way to, to find a way for us to maybe at least in some way stick out from the crowd a little bit and just create a sound from some different influences where people can hear us and be like, yeah, that sounds like detour North and and really put their finger on comparing us to anybody else. So that's, that's huge, right? Like that's, that's something that like, I think a lot of bands want that. Um, but I also think that in some bands, um, in the attempt to do that ruin, their their own sound right and so it's interesting i think you guys i think you guys have a really cool sound honestly i really enjoy it um but i i just think that's a that's such an interesting concept to me because it's like it's such a it's something that's that's very clear it's all based around the whole cohesive unit right the full band how does how does emmanuel sound while Kem is playing lead guitar and Anthony's playing bass and Danny's yeah. drumming, how does it all come together? That's how a band makes it sound, right? Whereas yeah, and the interesting thing was I, I know for there were times where I had written a vocal melody um for a song and then Kem wrote leads later. 
and based on his leads, I actually went back and rewrote my vocals because I felt like what I had originally didn't match what he was doing now or vice yeah. versa. Or vice versa. Yeah. And it was definitely a, an interesting process. I think that's fantastic. And honestly, I think, um, I mean, you guys, you guys are in a really cool place right now. Like we, we talked about it earlier. You're young, so you, you're ready to just kind of like pounce, but you guys have played some, some pretty significant shows already. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, what do you guys like in, in your minds? Maybe all of you agree. Maybe you don't. What's like, what's the show or like the concert that's like been the most defining for you? Oh, for I think me, we, I think we all, yeah, I think we're all separate. Well, I'll say it right now. Go for it. When we, um, I, nah, yeah, it was last summer. So I've always wanted to play Warp Tour and oh, yeah, okay. like, and I wouldn't say behind their backs, but like on lunch break one day, <laughs> someone was like, Hey, you know, they're doing a battle of the bands or whatever. You should submit your band. Someone at work said that. And so on my lunch break, I went on my phone and literally filled out this application um, this was like right around when we released the music video for Dead, which was one of the singles off its history, it's poetry. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, oh, upload your music video and blah, blah, blah. You get so many people to vote on it or look at it. And whoever, you know, gets the most votes, you play another round at um, House of Blues in Chicago. And so, sure enough, you know, we uploaded our video and got picked. And then that show was just amazing. Like, yeah, that show was wild. Lots of That's people, awesome. lots of talent on the stage. Just, you, you know, you're it, there to bring it all out. And it, I think and we I think really it was like did. a Monday night too. Yeah. It was like a, yeah, it I was think, like in the middle of the week or something. Yeah. Like it was that. weird. And, and people, we were at the house of blues. That was like a dream come true. And it was like, it was, in, like it was our third yeah. time playing at house of blues, but like most it was memorable, for but sure, definitely yeah. the most memorable. I think like the way our, our performance was on point, the Our fans, the, just, the fans were like uh, insane. Everybody came out and we played so well. We played super well. <laughs> That's and then, awesome. And, and plus it was, you know, it was uh, making our, trying to, trying to get to be able to play the, a date of warp tour. Um, yeah. Ultimately we didn't get picked for warp tours. We can, we came to the place, which, uh, at the time was kind of soul crushing. I can like, imagine. Go <laughs> is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. And also that like the band, wasn't even in the same genre as us so i couldn't even be mad you know they were a metal band yeah it was like apples and oranges yeah yeah so for sure like i understand why they went with the metal band instead because i mean work was pretty metal heavy that year yeah so i couldn't be mad like at first i was like crushing like damn like <laughs> I, was, I was like deathly ill yeah and i had food, food, food poisoning poison. he went oh gosh with Jordan. he yeah. went and then Everybody after the show was like, where's Kem? And we were like, yeah, he's, he's backstage throwing up. Oh gosh, that this sucks. Like before and after. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was the best show of my life for sure. Yeah. That's what, super cool. You know, no, I agree. I agree. Um, it, there's just been like so many, like, I mean, personally for me, like there's been so many good shows where it's like, you know, you, you give it a, your all and like, it feels like the best show you've ever played. So I, I mean, yeah, all of our shows, I think we go 110%. That one, like definitely, I think feels very out. defining. And it was yeah. a defining moment. And that's that. Yeah. That's what I was curious about. Cause like, I mean, obviously looking here, you guys have played with some big bands, home safe, sleep on it. Um, with like, um, Belmont, like these are, these are bigger names that are quite honestly, you know, Belmont is doing a full U.S. tour. You know what I mean? Like these are bigger yeah. bands that are that are not going away right now. And so it's it's kind of cool to see that you guys have played those. And then it's it's interesting to see that the one that was the most defining was one that, as I was looking through, I didn't necessarily like 
glance over it, I saw that it was like a lead up to the warp tour. I was like, oh, that's cool. I saw that it was a free show. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'm sure that was fun. But then the picture that I got um, enticed by was the spill canvas. I was like, man, these guys have played with a lot of really cool bands and stuff. And so that's that's interesting to me from a like an outside perspective, because I wouldn't have assumed that so that's kind of cool <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong i loved playing with all those bands oh yeah i'm sure the most recent one was was the spill canvas and i remember how just psyched i was that we were even asked to be on that that show i think sold out too which was crazy. The, yeah the spill canvas show i mean that was a great crowd we still i still realize that like some of the fans that we've gained and like are active actively you know liking our things on on social media and stuff are some of the people that were at that show so and also i feel like yeah like playing with sleep on it home safe and like bands from our scene is like really cool but at the same time like the people that show up to those shows are the same people that are coming to our shows anyway playing with them anyway yeah, so it's like yeah. those shows are awesome but i really enjoy now more or less playing to like new crowds that's why like sleep on it or not sleep on it um spill canvas show was awesome like every, like everyone there was super stoked on us yeah very all new just shows like that even the warped uh tour show like we play with you know different bands that we never played with before and it was cool to you know have new people come up yeah that us. was that was fun because for the for the warped thing you know we brought all our, our fans to to try to you know put on our best performance but so did all the other bands they all brought it yeah just as much. um so we got to play to their fans too so it was just it was like a win-win yeah that's super cool and and honestly like the reason why the spill canvas stood out to me was that was one of my favorite bands um, like back in high school yeah like i i listened to them i mean back when i was 16 17 18 years old i was listening to them all the time along with bands like may and and bands like the summer obsession and say anything and so that whole era of time and rookie of the year and stuff so to me that's why the spill canvas stood out and honestly it doesn't surprise me that they sold out because they're super super talented that that show selling out doesn't surprise me i mean their live performance was tight like yeah, I mean, his they voice is yeah amazing it's it's funny though real quick uh while we're on the topic of spill canvas they're actually playing the night before at bottom lounge at the same our, venue yeah before our uh record release show this sunday so oh for real <laughs> yeah. it's funny because we when we played with them it was at, at bottom, bottom lounge, lounge. Yeah. and now we're doing our record release show at bottom lounge and they're playing at bottom lounge the day before us that's awesome that's super yeah. cool <laughs> so uh, honestly guys like I think I think you guys have a, an awesome, bright future ahead. I, I'm super excited to see what you guys are able to do. And I think I honestly like with this this new album, like your your new music and stuff. Um, just curious um, as we're kind of t- like coming together, fi- um, finishing things up. How has like the the uh, reception been? Have you guys found that you've gotten a lot of new people listening to the music or um how has like the, the new CD, uh, taken off? Yeah. I mean, it's, it seemed to have been received really well. Like we've, we've had some publications, um, write reviews of it. We've had a couple different interviews on different podcasts that people have been interested in having us on. Like, I mean, this we've one had you, for example, yeah. pre-orders, um, pre-orders, pre-orders for the first time. That's yeah. Spotify plays have definitely skyrocketed. Yeah. We went up like a couple hundred monthly listeners on Spotify. Since, That's awesome. Since the release came out. Um, I've seen people tweeted us like, Hey, I just found out who this band is yesterday. And I went and bought their album cause it's that good. That's um, awesome. So yeah, I mean, the reception has been, has been pretty crazy, pretty, pretty well received. I, I haven't seen, well, there was that, there was one person I think on Instagram who was like, this record is trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always going to find the, the dirtbag right. trolls, yeah, right? Like, like, I don't care, but like um, the outliers aren't worth listening to honestly, right. but, but, but yeah, ultimately like it's, it's, 
it's actually, it's, it's been pretty humbling. I've had a lot of people too message me personally. Um, you know, people in the scene or, or fans of us or, or whatever, even people that, you know, we've known before who have reached out and said like, man, you know, this, this record is, you know, what I needed right now. Or, you know, I, I, I knew that your new record would be good, but I, I really wasn't expecting what, what I got. Yeah. And that, I think those have been the most important to me. People who've been able to, who've come forward and said like, you know, this, just this, this record just exceeded my expectations and, and they were able to connect with it. Um, and, and I've had, you know, a lot of people reach out to me and, and say that to me. So it's, it's, it's pretty humbling actually. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, just to add on that. Um, it's refreshing too, to hear, um, you know, people come up to us and be like, yeah, you know, I, I really like this. And, and these are coming from people who don't even listen to our type of music. Like these are people who aren't even like well-educated with the genre, but they still find a way to like, just really appreciate it. And I think that's really positive. Like, Oh know, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Honestly, like that's, that's the type of stuff that, that, um, I feel like needs to, to happen more often because right. I on it, like how easily could it, could it be for like you guys to be brought down by that one little dirt bag who, who hates the album? It's like, it's like, who cares what he says because you've impacted people. And that's something that I, I find, um, so interesting. So something that I, um, in my mind can't quite fathom the idea of, because to me, lyrics have shaped me a lot of times and songs have shaped right. me and they've really resonated with me, but to be the person putting that out there and having it yeah. resonate with someone, that's gotta be like surreal. It's incredibly surreal. Like I've, like I said, I've had people message me just personally, like on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever. And it's just like even quoting a specific lyric and say, like I, I had somebody, uh, hit me up the other day and say, he was, he was like, man, that song, you look like hell, the acoustic song. He's like, man, that, that, that song just, I've been listening to it all day because it, that song puts into words a feeling that's otherwise really hard to describe. And somehow you were able to say it better than I ever would have been able to describe it. That's awesome. And it was like, it was so surreal to me that somebody was able to, you know, hear something that we wrote and, you know, if they were going through something, if they were going through a breakup or a hard time or whatever it might be and, and be able to connect with that song and, and feel like it was helping them through it. And like you said, bands, so many bands and so many songs do that for me and for, and to be able to do that for somebody else is like, I, it's, yeah, like I, I don't even, compliment it's yeah. weird. Yeah. I, I would rather have four or five people feel that way about our music than a thousand people that are just like, yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's because you know, for a fact that those five people, it like, it's set, you know, it's, it's like a stamp. It's a, it's an, it's like that confirmation, the seal of approval that says, this is what I was like. I, I did this for a reason and now yeah. it's confirmed what that reason was. Like maybe we're doing something right, you know? Exactly. And I think that's, I think that's something that, that, um, is amazing. Cause I mean, uh, back in high school, I used to play music. I haven't played music in forever, but I remember like when people would sing the words back to me, I was like, man, that's, that's where it's at. And now like just thinking about where you guys are at, I think it's awesome. And I think, um, I think, like I said, the album is fantastic. I, I really dig the variety of sound. I, I do wish that the full thing was on iTunes or Apple music, but it's not, which is fine. So I had to pay for it, but <laughs> Wait, is it still not? Have you um, checked? I don't know. I, I only checked like last week. It was only dead is the only track on there. 
Okay, I, I maybe I maybe check again yeah. because I know that like for some reason it was on Spotify and everything. For some reason, I think it got delayed for for like Apple platforms. But I want to say it should be up it should now. Be up now, yeah. All right, I'm looking right now. Honestly, <laughs> well, let me know because if it's not, we're gonna have to gonna send out that fixed. emails. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Honestly, um, I uh, I've been looking around as well. Um, it looks like it is on there now. Um, okay. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, I'm seeing it, but, um, but yeah, um, one of the, one of the things that I always like to like to do at the very end of the podcast as as we kind of tie things together is first off, thank you guys for coming, uh, coming for, for being on the podcast. You guys are awesome. Um, but secondly, I want to, I know that obviously the, that people can, um, can support you via Bandcamp. They can purchase the album on Bandcamp. And the cool thing is you guys were awesome enough to make it a name your price where people can pay what they feel is fair, um, yeah. as much or as little as they, they like, but, um, how else can people who aren't in the Chicago area being able to go to the concerts and stuff, how else can people support you guys? Do you guys have merch? Do you guys have, um, merch coming? What's, what's the story yeah. there? We just got in shipments of merch uh, like about a few days ago. after we, like, yeah, like uh, about half a week after we released the record. And, you know, those pre orders, you can now um, get like our merch on detournorth.limitedrun.com. So if you want to support us, definitely go there. We have um, all our new merch, the record. Um, we have like a couple old shirts up on there. Um, we got, yeah, we got like posters, shirts. Um, and usually when we, if, if people, order on the, on the merch website. When we, when we ship them out, we'll throw in some like magnets and stickers and things like that as well. So awesome. We try to, we try to take care of people, but well, that's good. Uh, Detournorth.limitedrun.com is where that's you like can, our merch store. Yeah. But yeah. Bandcamp's really good. If you just want to download it onto your phone, you know, I know a lot of people like to do that. Spotify, you know, that helps too. Like when you listen, you know, you get royalties and stuff like that. Yeah. Honestly, the bus is coming to a show. And uh, sure. buying merch there because we like to meet new people. Yeah, we do. Heck like yeah, to man. Meet new people. That's that's but where it's at. If you can't, there's that website though. Awesome. I will. I'll make sure to include that in the description. And cool. for anyone who's like a, a, what's the the word like a, a junkie for the sound to make sure that's a high quality sound. Um, you can download the flack version through uh through, through Bandcamp. Bandcamp as well, which I think is really cool. I prefer that just because it's the higher quality, higher. Um the higher bit rate and whatnot. But um, thank you guys again so much for, uh, for joining. And I'm super stoked to see where things go. You guys are, you guys are awesome. Thank you, man. I'll come back again. Yeah. Love to have, love, love to be on the show again. If you ever, if you ever need somebody or uh, come and uh, play a show by you. Heck yeah, man. Come on out to Utah and play a show. There's actually really big to Utah, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, that's, that's the dream, right? Is to start tour and start getting onto some, uh, some tour bills and stuff like that, which would be super rad. 